The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Roadshow Friday down here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Hotel. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark is in today. He is back in studio. You can watch and stream us on StreamYard and also find us, uh, of course, on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook page at ESPN Lincoln's Twitter. Can interact that way if you like. Can dial us up at 466-3776-4676-800-825-5865. Email chris at hailvarsity.com and uh, give us a follow on Twitter and, of course, our company handles at hailvarsity at ESPN Lincoln. Personal handles at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, and then at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Connor is in his Nebraska baseball jersey. Who's, uh, whose jersey is that? You've got the, uh, the, the Sunday red with the American flag. Who's the player? I don't know. It's just the number 21. I mm. assume it's just for the year because this is pre-NIL. Uh-huh, yes. Now, now, if if you want to go into business on the weekends, Connor, I mean, you can lob a, a phone call to uh, Kyle Perry and say, hey, brother, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up a used uh, Volkswagen Grateful Dead tour bus, and we're going to sell jerseys and signed <laughs> memorabilia as folks walk into Haymarket this, this spring. Just an idea. Uh, plenty to get into. Uh, Husker baseball as they take on Sam Houston. That'll be on ESPN Plus at 6.30. Nebraska, Maryland on BTN tonight. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Uh, Nebraska, Maryland on at 8 o'clock tonight. Now, uh, Robbie Hummel and and the incredible Kevin Kugler on the call there. So that's that's a reason to watch. But get on down. Uh, Maybe you're going to make it a Friday night outing. Uh, down here in the Haymarket uh, ahead of Nebraska and Maryland. Maybe you say, you know what, the weather's still incredible. We're going to get out. Uh, let Single Barrel do the uh, the work for you tonight. Let them pour you a beer. Let them get you a, a, a fine selection of one of their 250 whiskeys uh, to choose from. I'm staring at the whiskey closet, uh, and it's waving at me, and then I can't promote enough the incredible steaks and uh, pork chops they have down here at the single barrel so i know we're a little bit away from tip off but uh, part of our deal real red tip off getting you ready for nebraska and maryland the anticipation was that these games would be pretty much dire right it's bubble time it's 
NCAA tournament time. It's who's on the bubble, who's making a run, who is not. We know that Michigan had a big win last night. We know that that Rutgers has been hot. They have the best wins and the worst losses, arguably, in college basketball. If you're just looking at RPI numbers and you lost to them, oh wow, you beat them. I mean, that's that's straight up Rutgers. I mean, they've they have uh, they, they have done the balancing act there. So. Nebraska, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, will be, uh, you know, a year from now in contention for some postseason. This year, not so much, but let's just pray they don't quit uh, tonight against Maryland if things go sideways. So we'll get there in a little bit. College football uh, powers that be, right? The college football playoff committee said, you know what? I don't need $450 million dollars. We don't need to expand. We're good with just four. Oh, wonderful. So last summer meant nothing. Are you outraged? Quite frankly, I don't think any of us are surprised. We'll get to the why. Why did uh, the, the brakes get pumped when it comes to the college football playoff? Husker women, a tough loss last night out in Siberia. Uh, so we have a lot to discuss. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Let's start with Nebraska baseball. Uh, predictions are there. They are supposed to win the Big Ten. How will they get that done? How will they kind of cement themselves uh, as to what Will Bolt was part of, and that is Nebraska baseball becoming a national program? They showed the ability last year to be a national program with their effort and uh, their ability to, to handle the moment. Uh, they handled the moment last year with just conference only. Uh, they went down to, to Arkansas to take on Dave Van Horn and that incredible Arkansas squad. They scared them. Uh, this year, it's time to finish the job. Nebraska needs to reload, but they have the personnel to do it. Let's hear from Will Bolt, cut one, on just what his expectations are in this year's team as uh, Nebraska baseball able to uh, climb the hill tonight at 6.30. We're ready. Yeah, we got one more practice here today. Um, a short little situational scrimmage, um, fine-tune some things, and then we'll – We'll get on a plane tomorrow and have a couple practices down at Sam. But yeah, we're we're I know our guys are ready to just go, you know, play against somebody else at this point. But we're we're excited. So there there is a bar. There is an expectation for Nebraska baseball, and this is going to be a nice combination, Connor. You have potential for power in the lineup, and you have potential for pretty much unheard of pitching death. You have to go back a few years for Nebraska baseball to be loaded uh, like that. And and you have a couple of guys that may be, uh, they want to be, they've, they've got to go do it, but they want to be aces. And uh, Kyle Perry and, uh, of course, uh, Shannon. I mean, th- those are co-aces. That's a one-two punch that most of the Big Ten doesn't have. Does college baseball have that? Don't know. Uh, but you have some options, some opportunity, and you have a couple of young stars that are going into to year two with some uh, confidence under their belt when it comes to Matthews and Max Anderson. My expectation, win the Big Ten, 
Uh, I think a lot of Nebraska fans' expectation will see you uh, in Lincoln for regionals. That's not unheard of. Connor, I think they have the talent to do it. Yeah, I think so, too. And you mentioned Kyle Perry and Shea Shanneman being a one-two punch in the pitching rotation. That's going to be really good. And then we're going to see more of Braxton Bragg this year towards the end of that rotation as well. We saw him a little bit last year in the relief role. I'm interested to see how he will be in a starting role this year. And then another guy I'm going to have my eye on is Bryce Matthews this year, as you mentioned. One of the younger players, just a sophomore. He made some nice plays as a freshman last year. Didn't have the wow eye-opening numbers at the plate that Max Anderson did, but what he did in the field was really good, and I think he has potential to be a very good offensive player. And what I've heard is there's going to be a lot less small ball this year because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys on this team that have the power to hit base hits, hit home runs, hit doubles, get the ball in the outfield. So I'm really curious to see how those two guys play individually. But as a team, I agree. I think the expectation is a Big Ten championship. A regional would be great. But I think you just set your eyes on that Big Ten championship, and we'll see where it goes. Well, and Nebraska's approach is not to look ahead. Nebraska's approach is to do your job, you know, one step at a time. That's every every pitch. That's the approach. It's not get caught up, get get full of yourself. And uh, this baseball team is, is coached the right way. So pitching depth, uh, power, a retooled rotation, but your top three arms have 37 career starts on some pretty big stages in some pretty big moments. So there's not going to be this shock factor of, of asking a guy like Perry to go in on a Friday night. That's what he's worked uh, his whole life for uh you have uh a guy in uh in in Braggs too that is make that McCarville excuse me in McCarville that that at Grand Canyon uh was your starter for the regional so they've had the opportunity to uh to thrive on that stage and the other part of this too is it's it's um coach Christie's job and Coach Childress's job to to whittle down to to have a good problem. That problem being, uh, twelve of your twenty arms are, are three third year guys, and that's key. They they know the expectation. They know how life is theoretically uh, in college baseball, but it's been a weird two years for them. Conference only last year, and then the middle finger due to COVID uh, a couple of seasons ago. So th- there was that. But uh, whittle down and find your guys, find your roles. What type of move does, does Buns make? Is he going to be a, a midweek guy, or is he still a, uh, your lefty specialist that can come in and, and be dominant uh, to, um, to righties? Is Frank uh, ready to do that as well with, with his role in the bullpen and also maybe some midweek? Ornales from A&M is nice. And then uh, Gomez, I'm excited to see him come back. You felt sick for him with his injury situation and uh now he's finally back we'll do some time at first base as well at first base as well i think chick will be your, your dude in the outfield occasionally at second core jackson is one of those uh power guys uh in the middle infield right uh, you see that more and more with baseball when i was growing up really it was ryan sandberg and jeff kent that was it uh for for power hitting second baseman uh, Core Jackson, though, couldn't be that for Nebraska baseball. Uh, Jack Steele at first base can also thump a little bit. And uh, you've got uh, an, an incredible uh, veteran 
in uh, in Everett at catcher, Chick, Satori, and Banjoff, your outfield. So they got to go do it tonight. They got to go do it this weekend, get off to a great start, and then kind of hone into midseason form and figure out roles and what needs to happen. Let's get to some college football. Paul Feinbaum pulled the grenade pin out. Here he is and his reaction with the college football playoff not expanding. This is a sad and embarrassing day for college football. I, I don't know how in the world we got here from where we were a couple of months ago. When this was announced as a working group, Hannah, there was celebration among the fans. And that's the thing that is so irritating to listen to these commissioners and executives talk. They cannot settle this when it was already settled by after a two-year investigation. And the biggest losers are the people that love the support, love the sport and support it. Yeah, and they're also leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the table, which, which just shows that their, their feudal fiefdoms are more important than making money for their member institutions. I, I cannot tell you how disappointing this is for the fans of college fo- football and, and how utterly ridiculous it is that the, the leaders of this sport can't sit in a room and get this right. This is truly a dark moment in the history of college football. With with the fan bases at stake and all the money, as you mentioned, hundreds of millions of dollars, something like $450 million uh, lost uh, from the FBS schools and Notre Dame, is the fact that schools can't wrap their arms around things like NIL, because that was mentioned specifically by Heather. Some of these other issues in college football, does that feel like a reason to not have the playoff? No, n- none whatsoever. They're, they're completely different issues. Uh, I mean, you're talking about commissioners who are fighting for turf, fighting for when the Rose Bowl is going to be, what, when their leagues are going to be showcased, and, and with, with which network, and they're throwing up things that, that are, are red herrings. I mean, NIL and the Austin ruling are, are important issues. They're critical issues, but they have nothing to do with the CFP, Hannah. Uh, I am I'm shocked to hear commissioners throw that out. But then again, after covering the sport for nearly 40 years, nothing really should surprise me when it comes to the ineptitude of the leadership of this sport. There simply is none. Can't get agreement. That's Paul Feinbaum uh, throwing grenades at the college football playoff uh, working committee. Here's what you have. And, And listen, don't kid yourself. NIL is an issue because. If you're a, a well-funded university in a monster conference, say the Big Ten, that's going to get a billion dollars soon, you're going to be able to, uh, to to hand that uh, river of money off to everybody in your conference, i.e. then you can, can be a part of a proactive NIL setup, and, and there you go. You can afford better players. Uh, the portal is an issue because you have tampering, that's rampant and you're going to continue to have tampering and you're going to continue to have a collection of what Alabama is doing and Alabama is doing it on the recruiting trail recruiting trail and Alabama is doing it on Saturdays where they win 99% of their games and they're playing in the championship. Georgia's on that brink right now. Uh, and, and it's been Ohio state for the big 10, the PAC 12 is an afterthought, but they'll get, a shot in the arm here with uh, Lincoln Riley and USC. Texas has been asleep at the wheel. Do they kind of regroup, recalibrate? Does their move to the Big 12 now from the Big 12 to the SEC get delayed? Here's what you have, Connor. 
the the Big Ten wanted uh, automatic bids for the conference champs. That wasn't popular. The SEC's like, look, we're already uh, offering uh, some compromise by expanding. We have 50% market share anyway. We either have the champ or it's going to be two SEC teams in the discussion, if not two teams in the four-team playoff. So, you know, we're doing you a favor by going along with this expansion, and we don't want automatic bids. We want to bring in four more SEC teams to round out the field of 12. Uh, You have the ACC that wanted eight, not 12. And then the Pac-12 just like, oh, uh, is there a cover at this party? They don't know what the hell's going on. So that's your uh, that's your rundown. There's your disagreements, and there's why nobody can get anything done uh, at the college football world. Jacob Padella will join us, salevarsity.com and magazine. Get his take on Husker basketball, some high school hoops for the weekend. And uh, interesting thoughts here. Patrick Mahomes, what's he done with his wife, or I should say fiancé and brother? We'll tell you on the way. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday down here at the Single Barrel inside the graduate Nebraska-Maryland tip-off. Weather's incredible. So you're invited down here. Doors uh, getting opened up and your chance at uh, a beer, a whiskey, water, if that's your thing, that's fine. And uh, get yourself a steak, get yourself the, the butcher's block that that will give you the amount of meat sweats you need for the weekend. The pork chop's incredible. Single barrel, we love being here ahead of Nebraska, Maryland, well ahead of Nebraska, Maryland, tip at eight. And uh, they do not have turtle soup on the menu. We welcome Jacob Padilla, uh, Hoops Insider with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine High School uh, basketball aficionado as well. Jacob, what are you doing? How are you, man? Hey, uh, just kind of looking forward to this home game coming up tonight. It's kind of hard to believe we've got two left, but we're already here. How many years has this season taken off your life? Uh, less than it's taken off Fred Hoiberg, most likely. Uh, I only have to watch <laughs> it. So that's, <laughs> I mean, it, it does get uh, a, a bit frustrating to kind of have to find new ways to write the same thing over and over again and, and to watch some, some rough basketball. This uh, is the, the Hoops fan that I am. But uh, fortunately, uh, I, uh, I don't have to live and die by the results of this team. <laughs> Jacob Padilla's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, Huskers and uh, Terrapins tonight. So let me ask you this about Mark Turgeon. He is uh, he did well. I mean, 10 years at, at Maryland, uh, a lot of NCAA tournament uh, berths, just one sweet 16. 
and they had a separation agreement. Danny Manning takes over. Nebraska fans remember Danny and the Miracles at 86 run for KU uh, and all the time he spent in the Big Big 8 then. Um, you know, where's this Maryland program at? Are they going to be able to, to bounce back with whoever they bring in or keep? Uh, right now they're just, uh, you know, three wins in the league. Uh, is Maryland basketball in position to kind of reload or rebound? Uh, I guess that'll be determined by who they hire as coach. I mean, uh, how appealing is the gig? Yeah, it's it's a it's a good job, um, but it's also a job with high expectations, and I think that's kind of where the the rub happened with Turgeon. Is uh, he was successful, very successful there during his tenure overall, but never quite got the program to the heights that the fan base and the boosters and everybody around Maryland expects of that job. And I don't, it's a very good job. I don't know that it's, it's not a Duke. It's not a North Carolina. So it's kind of in that, that, that tough spot where you gotta, you gotta be really good to, to get the job done there to, to satisfy uh, the Maryland faithful. So, I um, mean, they, I mean, it's not, they're not loaded with talent. The problem with this year's team is uh, they, they're, they're shorthanded like that. They don't have any depth really at all. And their top 10 guys just haven't, the transfers they brought in haven't uh, quite been what they were hoping for. And the guys they brought back haven't, haven't taken the next step. It's kind of been about what they were. So um, overall, it's a team that I, I kind of liked coming into the year if everything clicked and the, their coach left eight games in and it certainly didn't click. So it's a tough spot. But I mean, again, it's this with the way the college basketball works now, you can flip these jobs pretty quickly if you uh, if you hire the right guy and that guy goes out and makes the right decisions and lands the right players that, that can create a, a quick turnaround. Jacob, uh, a thought on what Nebraska team shows up, what Maryland team shows up, get the crystal ball out. Nebraska traditionally has responded well after getting waxed. Yeah, and they only had two home games left this year, so I kind of feel like we're going to get – this this is probably the, their biggest opportunity for a win the rest of the season. So, I mean, unless they just completely quit, which I don't think is the case, um, the way that Iowa game went, it's just some bad decisions spiraled out of control. And it wasn't like they weren't trying. They just were trying the wrong way. And it, it kind of set them in a downward spiral, and they weren't able to pull themselves out of it. Um, so I, I, I don't feel like the team has quit. Um, in terms of effort-wise and coming home uh, against another team that's kind of in the bottom of the cellar, uh, the Big Ten with you, this is a chance to go out and get a win and try to get some good feelings here down the stretch run. So um, if they do come out just flat tonight, that would be a pretty big uh, indictment on where, where the program is, I mean, even beyond the record. So uh, I feel like we'll probably get Nebraska's best effort, a more Minnesota-like effort. And then Maryland, they, they – I don't know what they've got left after that Purdue game uh, about mm-hmm. going out there and coming uh, within one bucket uh, of uh, knocking off uh, one of the best team in, in the conference. Uh, and they've got Eric Ayala, I believe, is still questionable. Um, and that is a big piece of what they do. And they, and they found a way to, to be in that Purdue game without him. Uh, but it's I just feel like that probably exert a lot of effort. So, I mean, Nebraska should have a chance to come out and win this game. Um, 
I think things point in their direction more than they do Maryland. But at the same time, we've seen this team win one game all conference season, so it's hard to have too high of expectations. Jacob Padilla is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, I have more of a broader Big Ten March Madness question for you. We've seen Rutgers get really hot in the past couple of weeks or so. We just saw Michigan get a really big win on the road at Iowa. Who do you see sneaking into that field of 68? We've seen Michigan State struggle a little bit. We've seen Indiana really start to fall off. So who do you see from the Big Ten eventually making it into the big dance? I think last I saw, they had nine teams projected to make the field, including all the ones that you just mentioned. Um, so that's a good place for the team to, or for the league to be in right now. I think all those teams certainly have a chance. If if you continue to drop games, you can play yourself out of, of the field at this point. But I feel like the Big Ten's got a pretty good shot to get eight, nine teams in the league. I think. Penn State, Northwestern, Maryland, Minnesota, and Nebraska are the only five that uh, you can really count out at this point. So, um, this, I mean, you can have some interesting results here down the stretch uh, of the season. and We'll see kind of how the Big Ten tournament goes, uh, some chance to for some teams to either kind of seal their ticket or to, to move up a couple seed lines if they can pick up a few more uh, big wins in the tournament here. So the, the Big Ten, uh, it's, I mean, I, I think the, the league uh, – Leadership has to be happy with how how deep the league has been and how it's performed so far because it's given themselves a lot of chances to earn those tournament units. Jacob, going to switch gears. Uh, high school basketball. I know you're at, at PBA tonight, but real quick, recap me here. How did Gretna do what Gretna did, and that's knock off number one West Side. I know Gretna is a good ball club, and they've got some quality wins this year. But what was the uh, the magic uh, last night, and I know it was a lower-scoring game. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, like you said, Gretna, Gretna's uh, performance well in these big games. They beat Prep, they beat Central, <laughs> they beat Bellevue West, and now they beat uh, Westside. So Miller North is really the only like top-five type of team that they they haven't beaten this season. So uh, it's an impressive resume, uh, and then they go and lose twice to, to Omaha North, which it's hard to figure out kind of – the wins versus the losses for that team this year. Uh, but they, it, it is a good team, and they had a really good defensive game plan for, for Westside, who was without uh, the starting point guard in Chandler Meeks. Uh, he, he was feeling ill, wasn't able to make it to the game. So um, they, they that's one guy out of your starting lineup, one, one more option that could make plays for himself and others uh, against Gretna's switching zone. They, they started at 2-3. And they switched to uh, 1-3-1 and kind of went back and forth throughout those, those two zones throughout the day to, to keep Westside off balance and kind of bait them into taking threes on a night when they weren't falling. And that's ultimately what it came down to. They took uh, 31 threes compared to 21 twos and only hit seven of those threes. So they, they just could not get the shots to fall. And Tate Odvedi was really the only player able to create anything inside the arc. He had six of their nine two-point field goals. And Led him with 17. Um, Peyton Gillespie hit four threes, but uh, took him 11 shots to get there. Uh, and then nobody else scored more than seven points besides those two. So just a combination of a rough shooting day, missing one of their big pieces, and a really good effort from Gretna. Jacob Badilla is with us. HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Badilla. Underscore to a podcast for Jacob on the Herdat Family Network's the, uh, the prep preview, uh, him and Damon Benning knocked that out. And, of course, high school basketball, Nebraska basketball. 
both of those drop uh, each week with uh, with Herdat and Hale Varsity. Jacob, a, a last thought here. Weekend matchups. Who are who and what are some of the games on your radar? Um, I was able to see uh, a really good girls game this week with uh, Southwest and, and Lincoln High. Uh, things are, are heating up in March for for both the, the boys and girls state tournament. Um, I, I look at you know Lincoln and and I think Southwest is right there. Northeast is good. Pius really solid as well. East always dangerous. And then I look at some of the Metro squads that are just incredible. Having a chance to see uh, Central and, and Bell West here in the last couple of weeks. I have not seen Millard North yet, but um, overall, what's what's the game or game or two of, of the weekend that, that you're looking at? Yeah, I think the, the biggest one for t- uh, tonight, uh, it's Pelview West at Omaha Central. And then tomorrow, it's uh, Creighton Prep at Central. So it's a heck of a way for Eric Barons to close out uh, his final regular season as the head coach, um, hosting those two uh, back-to-back days to, to kind of close out the regular season. Um, and uh, that that's definitely what's going to have my attention. Uh, Central's uh, kind of established itself as a top-five team there. Prep uh, had a really good showing against Miller North, came up just a bit shy. Um, and if they can they can replicate that that kind of effort, they'll, they'll have a great shot to go in there and make that a great game uh, over at Central tomorrow uh, tomorrow night. So that's kind of where I'm planning to, to be to close out my regular season. But got a couple afternoon games that'll be in, uh, interesting, like Southwest at Papio, North Star at Papio South. Um, just kind of teams that, from Lincoln coming up here and uh, taking on uh, the Papio South team in particular. I've only seen them once so far this season. I think that'll probably be where I go in the afternoon uh, mm-hmm. just to see uh, the Titans again because they, they've really come on strong over the second half of the season. And I've only seen North Stars once as well. So um, I think it, it's a pretty good Saturday to, to close out the, the regular season in Class A for sure. Well, what a finish by Central as uh, they had West Side uh, the uh... – Last Friday, they went to North Star and did that. I did that game, and then they uh, they wrap up in grand fashion, like you're talking about. Bell West uh, coming to Central, and then Prep headed to Central. Pretty impressive. Jacob, uh, have a, a great trip down and enjoy uh, Nebraska Maryland tonight, and we'll uh, check in next week. Thanks for the time today. Yes, I'm good. Jacob Adela with us. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday down here at the Single Barrel. Uh, the best so when it comes to steak and whiskey and Incredible uh, eats and drinks inside the graduate. We're got here in the hay market. We're part of Real Red Tip-Off ahead of Nebraska, Maryland. A later tip tonight 
8 o'clock. It, it's been a weird schedule this year as we'll end uh, tonight and, and next Friday. We'll be back down here ahead of Nebraska-Iowa. There are Friday night games, but typically that's for the West Coast Conference at, at midnight, right? You get a Gonzaga and St. Mary's showdown on a Friday night. You don't typically get Big Ten action, albeit a one-win and, and three-win team. Uh, <laughs> but that's what you got tonight, and it's 8 o'clock, and it's live Big Ten programming. It's, it's what's making it sweet for that upcoming $1.1 billion rights package. Kidding. Uh, Bill Dolman going to be with us in about uh, 20 minutes or so. We'll run down and uh, figuratively, not literally, because he'd tell you he's fast and can break tackles. Husker great uh, fullback Joel Makavica with us next hour. So where are you at with the Patrick Mahomes drama? What do you believe? Do you believe reports barstool says yeah mahomes had to sit down with Brittany and jackson and tell them to get the hell out you're not coming to arrowhead anymore you're not coming to ball games anymore you are a distraction please stop do you believe that or do you believe what tmz has said and and mahomes has been out on twitter saying now you're just making stuff up with the, the the laughing crying emojis Mahomes did not ask Brittany or Jackson to stay away from Chief Games next season how do we change that how do we make it a reality for them to quit clowning and trying to grab attention we just had the story yesterday that apparently B enemy and Mahomes hate each other that story and post has been ripped down, but it would take enormous umph to sit your fiance and uh, the mommy of your of your child and then your brother to sit them down and and tell them to, to not attend any games. Yeah, I was gonna say there's that's a, what the world wants. There's no way they donated the charity because of all the social media backlash towards Britney. This postseason, the free Britney, the other free Britney T-shirts. So what do you believe? I think he's had a talk. I think the organization's probably told him to say something to them about cooling it. I can only imagine just locally around Kansas City how big a pain in the butt it's been for him to deal with them. And, you know, you got to be real careful about the fiancé slash soon-to-be wife. Uh, Tread lightly there, Patrick. But if your brother's being a goon, cut him off. Quit giving him an allowance. Take his phone. Clearly, no one's threatened to ground him from his social media. Uh, that can work. <laughs> he, he, he may not be a teenager anymore, as in junior high kid, but you're the one that's letting him get away with it. Connor, what do you think here? I, I think that there's probably some annoyance, and the reality is, is, They've been a bit of a distraction. Not as big a distraction as blowing leads or getting too cute in the red zone. That's been Kansas City's problem themselves. That's got nothing to do with goofball family members. Um, I, I think there's you know some gray area here. I, I think he's probably said something, but he isn't going to publicly embarrass them uh, that way. 
I would imagine he may have said something, but I don't think there's any way that he told his fiance and his brother, hey, you need to stop coming to my football games. I know it's... The rest of the world has done that, right. but, but Patrick won't. <laughs> Patrick won't, and I understand why he won't, but I also understand if he is frustrated, which he, it kind of looks like he is a little bit, I'm sure he's talked to them about saying, like, hey, can we cool it a little bit on social media? I know a lot of people are getting annoyed here, and I know it's, I mean, their their job is to support Patrick, and, and they do that, but to a spectator's eye, it can get very, very annoying and over the top, and I understand if Patrick is a little frustrated about that and has talked to them, but I don't think he would say, hey, you guys can't come to my games anymore. They, somebody needs to track Dart uh, Jackson, drag him off the field, and uh, that'll scare him enough to, to not be a, a freak show on the sideline. No more sideline passes, dude. No more special treatment. Uh, they, they need to stick him at the top of Arrowhead and, and make him watch from there. He would lose interest real quick. Uh, other other thought here in the NFL before we wind down this segment. So you're getting into a staring contest with Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Reportedly, the Vikings want Cousins to take a pay cut. Uh, and Kurt has, Kirk, forgive me, has no interest in taking a, a pay cut. Uh, what say you? I think... If, if it comes down to keeping some of the, of the talent there, absolutely, you, you try and do what's best for the team. Easy to say, not my millions. But he's been, he's been serviceable, man. And I'm not a Cousins hater. I don't dislike the guy. He has is, he is won enough to, to be in the conversation. He has commanded insane money as a, as a quarterback that's gone to the playoffs. With the belief, uh, with Spielman there, that he's he's ready to take that next step. That's probably why Spielman's not working anymore. I mean, that's that's your that's your long term investment. You haven't drafted anybody else to try and beat him out. Uh, and and Cousins has kept that job for a, a number of years. Um, so the the reality is this: with with Cousins, see what they want to restructure, how much they want to restructure. And then think about it, or get traded. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> remember Slapshot. Have you seen Slapshot? You're young. I have not. Okay, that that's homework for you. This I think weekend. I disappointed a lot of people by saying that, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, Junior has seen Slapshot. Unfortunately, Junior saw Slapshot when he was eight, and Mom got mad at me. But <laughs> the point of it is, in that movie, they've got the the French speaking goalie talking to his agent saying trade to me right now uh that's my best angry goalie he hung up they called back and the trade was vetoed i'd I'd explore that there's other there's other places to go um and listen uh maybe you send him to arizona maybe arizona sends murray to minnesota and then all of a sudden i watch minnesota games now well as a Bears fan i wouldn't like that no, there, there could be some quarterback merry-go-round going, though, for sure. So uh, we are excited because in the green room is the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. We'll ask him how big NBC's piggy bank is when it comes to 
that one-two punch, that dreamy one-two punch of Big Ten football and Notre Dame football. The Olympics have wound down. Bill is done with Olympic coverage. We'll have some thoughts here. Nebraska baseball gets going at 6.30. Husker basketball tonight at 8. Hail Varsity rolls forward. Hour one winding down live from the single barrel. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio Road Show Friday in front of Nebraska, Maryland. Tip off PBA 8 o'clock. Husker Baseball 630 tonight down at Sam Houston. As uh, Bill Dolman in uh, 10 minutes, Joel Makavica shortly after 525. And if you're headed down to Nebraska, Maryland, or you just want to get out and breathe in the 60-degree air down in the hay market, single barrels where you got to be. Let someone else cook you the steak. They'll do it uh, at an expert level. Uh, the pork chops are great. Get yourself a beer or a whiskey. Dolman loves the fact that they have Guinness on tap here at the single barrel. Numbers to get in, 466 You can find us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt. That is me at Schmidt underscore radio. And uh, Connor Clark in today at C underscore Clark underscore 27 that is it for the underscores real quick reminder to buckle up game preparation and repetition predict success and winning drivers and vehicle passengers always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances if the crash should happen remember always buckle up a message from the nebraska department of highway safety office so you and i are both in agreement on principle connor about Cousins from Minnesota saying no to a pay cut. Uh, you, why are they? Why are they home? Now, I'm not saying they need to go be Tom Brady or New England or even Kansas City, but they sure as hell miss the playoffs a lot with Delvin Cook, with with Thielen, with Jefferson, with that defense, and and he and he has toys around him to get the ball to. He's he's better than than average. I'll say that. But why why are they not good? You know the Vikings a little bit better because you got to keep an eye on them twice a year against your Bears. Well, I would say they're not good. Is is it his based fault? on the off season? No, it's not Kirk Cousins' fault. It's coaching, and they just got rid of their coach. And now that they have a new one, then maybe maybe that will be the turnaround. I'm not saying that's the only issue, obviously. But Kirk Cousins is coming off of his best statistical year with 33 touchdowns and just seven interceptions. We were talking about this over the break. Yes, they missed the playoffs, but A, they have a new coach this year. Kirk Cousins can ride this momentum that he has from the previous season, in my opinion. And they definitely have the rosters. You just said they have the roster to make the playoffs. And especially if Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving Green Bay, I think the Vikings, that's the the Vikings division to take. So I think they're the best, the best team in there. That's let's bring Aaron Rodgers full circle here. Uh, that's the guy that that Mahomes needs to reach out to about ways to estrange yourself from your family, <laughs> right? How do you break up with somebody and then also shun your family? And you can win I mean, while you're at it too. Yeah, and Aaron's Aaron's done it both ways, so that's impressive. So in the green room right now is Bill Dolman. 
NBC Sports. There is a lot to talk about with Bill Dolman uh, when it comes to college football, the playoff, staying at four. Are you sad? I hope you're not surprised just because of who's running things. No one will ever get on the same page because it's 10 dudes with their own agendas for the conference. Maybe Dolman has a, a plan here. Single Barrel is where we're at. Come see us here. Real Red Tip-Off going on. Nebraska, Maryland, 8 o'clock tonight. Hail Varsity Hour 2 presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's Hail Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402 466 ESPN or 1 800 825 5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. It's hour two at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are in the single barrel ahead of Nebraska, Maryland. Husker baseball gets rolling in an hour and a half as well down in, well, Houston. Sam Houston, the uh, stomping grounds of one Bill Dolman once upon a time. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Olympic coverage done. Bill's fifth Olympics. Incredible. Uh, uh, to, to say the least, uh, with what uh, went on with biathlon and Billy D was calling that. We have a lot of college football and baseball and hoops, oh my, to get to. And Bill Dolman on Twitter is where you find him. Don't forget Joel McAvicka is faster than you. He'll tell you that in about 20 minutes. As a Husker fullback, he'll talk some spring football with us. Bill, do you have us? How are you? I think I have you. Do you have me? You're good. You are. All you right. sound. You 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 look fine. I'm not going to go any further than that. But you sound really well. How how well, are you? How, I finally got rid of the uh, the flip phone, so that's moved me <laughs> more into the 21st century. So I think we we might have an opportunity to to have this as a backup from time to time. But uh, I'm doing well. I got my morning cup of coffee right here. The average Joe I'm cup. Ready to, I'm ready to get my day started. Well, good. Uh, we will get to. Uh, your uh, experience with the Olympics uh, in uh, Beijing in a moment. But I wanted to start with college football on the, uh, the, 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 the large scale that the college football committee decided to, to not just pump, but slam the brakes on expansion. Too many different agendas. Uh, no one really on the same page. The alliance may have used a sharp object on this expansion. What's your take and what's your read on on the why? Why did this happen? It felt good for a while, but ultimately college football couldn't get out of college football's own way uh, despite $450 million on the table. Well, I think college football realized how far 
how much college football was in its own way. Uh, it's a wise decision to hold off. And I get that there's a lot of money on the table, and I saw the $450 million. But I think, uh, first of all, I don't know how that uh, the, was essentially leaked when they started talking about, you know, 12 and 16 teams and eight, you know, a couple of months ago. It was like, well, where, where did that all of a sudden come from that they were going to ram through college football playoff expansion? And I, I think that there were some power brokers that said, whoa, 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 whoa. And maybe it was somebody, you know, at a, at a lesser conference, it's a group of five that got wind of it and put the pressure on. I, I don't know. But I just found it really peculiar that that story got legs when I don't think that the powers that be wanted it to get out because I don't think they had even thought it through. Uh, you know, first of all, 16 teams is, is way too many. That's, that just does not make sense, okay? Uh, th there are maybe eight teams that can win in the college play. Not win it, win in it. And then you've got eight teams that are just, you know, going there to, to collect a check, which, you know, that's, that's smart. That's what teams do. But um, I, I still don't understand how they got out there. Now, what's in college football's way? Well, a couple things. First of all, $450 million. And I think that one of the things that somebody said, probably said, I don't say I say this somewhat rhetorically. The players are going to want money now, right? Mm -hmm. The NI, I don't think they thought through the NIL. I mean, the NIL, you know, it happened. I think Nebraska was out in front and, and understood how that they could make it work. Texas A&M clearly had people that were ready to open up the checkbook to whatever kid they could get to go to their school. But at some point, whenever this goes into play, Somebody is going to start representing the players, and there's going to be some type of union. I don't know, not saying it's going to, but there's going to be some type of um, desire to get players a piece of that pie. And they have power now with the transfer portal, which is way out of control. They didn't think that through. They didn't, you know, Nebraska and AM and some of these schools did a good job on implementing the NIL. For their athletes but overall i don't think that they the ncaa and everybody fully i mean like at colorado i don't even think colorado can spell nil let alone implement it at their school for their athletes right they can smoke it though right so i i, I think that that the ncaa and remember mark emmert has said well, the ncaa has got to change this is the president of the organization basically saying we can't really function anymore College football's gotten so so out of you know far out there that right now the NCAA's power is how can we manage lacrosse and and then apply punishments to women's tennis players at UMass, which is a true story because they had a landline phone that got taken care of or something. So the NCAA is on its way out as a governing body. I think college football's got to probably implement something like the College Football Association that was you know tried 30, 40 years ago. Um, they got to figure out how they're going to uh, rein in, if you will, or complement the NIL. They've got to figure out what are we going to say and what are we going to do when the players who have a lot of power with the transfer portal and all that say, okay, $450 million here, where's our cut? And then you've got players who are leaving and don't want to play in bowl games anymore because they want to protect whatever they think they're going to make in the NFL and a vast majority of them aren't going to make any money in the NFL. I think maybe this playoff expansion thing is a way to keep guys 
you know, on the field to play college football for a couple extra weeks. So but clearly, I it, it, the it smart did, thing it is didn't to say, work, whoa, 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 we can't do this. Well, and, and it, listen, unless you're you're in the the, the playoff playoff, the New Year's Day sixes don't mean anything anymore for the kids. Right. They're not going to risk their future. Bill Dolman's with us, NBC Sports. Bill, want to move to the next uh, round of negotiation rights and and yeah, go ahead, yeah, and and, and you have. Uh, the Big Ten that is going to be able to, to, to get paid before about anybody else because Jim Delaney didn't uh, make it a 10-year deal. He made it a six-year deal, so timing would be on the Big Ten's side with this. And uh, we're talking $1.1 billion. Do your Dr. Evil pinky and say $1 billion. And uh, that is insane money to hire and fire people and put facilities <laughs> together and do NILs and, and all of that stuff. So that's great. What do you see happening? Do you see NBC loading up a one-two punch in Notre Dame and the Big Ten? Do you think ESPN says, well, we got to have some Big Ten? Do you look at Fox continuing to say, well, we've got good mo- momentum with this big noon thing. We better secure the tier ones. What's your guess? You know the TV game better than anybody uh, when it comes to that, that number and then just the desire for Big Ten football. Well, I think Nebraska needs to get back into the Big 12. Come on. From a competition yeah, is, standpoint, possibly. <laughs> yeah, but come on. This is, a, this is another thing that I was going to mention with the playoff as well as, you know, and you going into, into this, uh, into this uh, realm. I think the Big 12, I think people are going to look at the Big 12 and go, how is this going to be marketable, right? Uh, that, what are the TV ratings for the Big 12 going to be? What's the Big 12 going to be worth when their TV package comes up? Because if the Big 10 is going to get a billion dollars and the Big 12 says, okay, we want a billion too, they're going to laugh <laughs> them right out of whatever conference room they are at the Holiday Inn. Because there's no way the Big 12, as much as I you know, love the Big 8 and the Big 12 and all the people, there's no way with that conference as it's put together without Texas and Oklahoma and Nebraska, there's no way it can, can command those kinds of dollars. That's why there really is no big, there's no Big 12 TV network, right? Um, so I, I think that's part of it is what, what, are, what kind of revenue, piece of the revenue pie is the Big 12 going to command? Yeah, I think, I think NBC, I think whatever came out this week about NBC, and as I wear the company hat here, uh, is probably going to look at the Big 10 as a viable thing. And maybe, just maybe, NBC is the, um, is the Chuck Woolery to bring the – Notre Dame and the Big Ten together, you know. Remember Love Connection way back in the day. Um, two and two, right? So you know ACC. The and Notre Dame has that affiliation with the ACC. That doesn't make any sense. But if the TV dollars make sense, and all of a sudden Notre Dame and there's going to be more conference realignment in the next couple of years. That's another part of this college football playoff thing. Uh, you know, I, I think Notre Dame that got out there. And NBC got that got out there this week that they're going to play. And as you know, I don't speak for NBC in that regard. But when you take a look at what NBC has done with some of its, um, you know, uh, sports packages, letting the NHL go, uh, shutting down NBCSN, which I wish was still around because I thought it was a great network, especially for hockey. 
they obviously want to build up USA, which is what they had the Olympics on there. Uh, Fox has to stay a player because they've got, uh, you know, money in the Big Ten network. And I think mm -hmm. if you're the Big Ten and you go, why do we want to go to ESPN? It seems to be gobbling up everything that there is and putting it on streaming. And I know people are going to streaming, but I have no idea what is on ESPN when and where and live and all that anymore. And I think the Big Ten can go, all right, we can get the Peacock streaming service, which is a priority at NBC. We can get on big NBC. The Notre Dame brand is affiliated with us. We've got USA. I think that would be a really smart move for the Big Ten, not that they make a lot of smart moves in that conference, but nevertheless, it's a lot of money and Nebraska is in a very good position to be affiliated with the, the Big Ten with wherever that TV network goes. And it's gonna command more money than any other conference in the country by far. Bill Dolman's with us, Sale Varsity Radio Roadshow at the Single Barrel, where they have Guinness on tap. That makes Bill Dolman smile as uh, he is uh, applauding loudly. Bill, when to go to Nebraska baseball, they, they get underway down in, in Sam Houston. Nebraska pegged and picked to be number one in the Big Ten. Uh, they'll have to retool, but Rob Childress, uh, part of the staff now, not officially a coach, but you know what I'm saying there. And uh, that is that is big time. Uh, Nebraska really wowed last year, and now they've got to they've got to kind of be. Uh, proving it uh, to themselves and, and the rest of the college baseball that they're ready to be a national program. How, how are you feeling about Nebraska baseball going into this year? I think you have to feel very good about the momentum that they generated at the end of last year and winning the Big Ten when nobody expected it. And I think the one of the, uh, you know, I'm not there uh, to, to be around the program, but um, I think what was great about last year is they showed so much grit and heart and and people fell in love with that team nationally uh, with, by what they did at the Arkansas Regional. Yeah, they came up short, but I think people over the course of that series thought, man, this is a really fun team to watch. They, they play college baseball, not baseball, college baseball, the way it should be played. And and I think there's every reason for that, that team with Will Bolt's mentality to, to kind of maintain that that momentum, that grittiness uh, that I that so identified them last year and made people fall in love with them. They didn't necessarily win pretty. And when they lost, they lost tough. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I, I think I think grit is a, is a great uh, characteristic to have. And if your coach has it and your coach is committed to it and the players, I think most college baseball players want to play that way and be around a guy like that. And Rob Childers, that was just a a stroke of genius uh, by Will to, to get him on that staff in whatever capacity he's in. Uh, there, there's just so many reasons to feel good about Nebraska baseball this season and going forward. And I, I think, you know, Will Bolt is committed. That's great. Bill, uh, a thought here uh, as we say goodbye about two minutes. Husker baseball uh, in, in action. That's good. We'll see how things shake out as they try and shape their their season right they'll get better as the season goes on husker basketball meanwhile i mean this this game was supposed to be big and, and it is big because you had two miserable teams <laughs> that that are that are all over the map uh yeah. maryland with two wins danny manning is coaching yeah and uh and fred's trying to to get his team to keep competing here um 
What do you make in Nebraska here? They they have a few games left, but do they respond the right way post-Iowa, or do you think it's a crapshoot tonight at 8 o'clock? Well, I think one of the blessings of the season was that that Iowa game took place on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, so maybe not a lot of people were paying attention. I know I certainly wasn't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, uh, well, Nebraska won a game, so they're going to be the most dangerous team come tournament time. And, uh, you know, of course I, I we just were. don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> you know, uh, and I feel bad that Fred, Fred Hoiberg is a wonderful guy, classy guy. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just they don't play like a, a college basketball team. They play like it's almost like they, they want they had there's an NBA sort of mentality that, you know, you go in and you play and then you catch your flight and you go to your next game and you play and, you know, you collect your check. Not that these guys are collecting big checks, but uh, there's just there's just something there that, you know, there's not a lot of Nebraska, the name on the front of the jersey, you know, um, mm-hmm. it just does not have chemistry and cohesiveness. And that's it's really tough to watch. And I they're really talented. I said there's there's talented as any Danny, not as is any, but they're in that the talent-wise, they remind me of a knee team in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just don't have some of the chemistry that you have to have for dear old Nebraska U. Bill Dolman, pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Olympic coverage, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, we're up against it. We will run you down next week again. And thanks for taking and making time on a Friday with us, bud. Biathlon tonight, prime time, NBC. How about that? NBC prime time, what time? Uh, I think it's probably six or seven o'clock uh, central. So yeah, got bumped up to the big show, uh, and uh, you know they've been looking for something to replace Cheers and Seinfeld. I think they finally found it. Olympic well, biathlon. <laughs> Bill, appreciate it, man. Thanks a ton- Thanks for the time. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than twenty dollars can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and we're back fellas i think we could Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hall of Fame uh, Husker fullback with us. Joel, true or false, were you in Scottsdale last weekend? That is false, man. I, I wanted to. My little brother was out there. He lives out there doing his orthopedic residency. He went, and I was going to go visit him, but then... I uh, had to watch uh, the Rams win the Super Bowl, I guess. So I didn't make it out there, but uh, it's a fun time out there. I've been out there plenty of times. That ace on the 16th, amazing. It's all good. How many aces do you have? <laughs> About as many as probably you have. And how many is that? That's probably zero. <laughs> I don't have any either, man. I don't have any. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. That's why. That's why you're you're the broadcaster of the year because you're on the radio so much. You're just pimping me right there. now. You're just <laughs> yeah. Look at that. <laughs> look at you. No, when I, I mean my face is straight when I say absolutely. 
one of the best <laughs> fullbacks in Nebraska football history. It, it's really either you or Rathman, and then there's Schlesinger, of course. Do you guys yeah, ever yeah. ever get into a, a game of uh, uh, paper, rock, scissors for, for who gets the title <laughs> for the, the year? Yeah. You know what? We haven't ever done that, but I like I like that theory. Let's do the pot, uh, rock, paper, scissors to find out who the best was. I'll, I'll go with that. We'll try that next time we're together. That, that's good. Rathman would just want to arm wrestle you. Uh, I think Schlesinger yeah, yeah. uh, would want to, want to get into a demolition derby. He'd what, like to, he'd like to headbutt you is what he'd like to do. <laughs> what, 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 what would your skill or challenge be? What would you pick? Oh, you know what? I'll just—I I would just tell them I'm faster than all of them. So I'd—I'd—I'd I'd, 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 I'd challenge them to a race. How about that? That's okay. So <laughs> your your call is a forty, right? Forty yard dash. Yes, exactly, exactly. Or the pro agility—we can do that too. And, and I'd probably own those too. <laughs> Joe, we'll get your thoughts on spring ball coming up and, and some of the the shifts on offense. But uh, what did they get your take? What do you remember about? The victory celebration. I say that because it was a bit of a ghost town with, with the Rams celebration. Uh, what do you remember about celebrating the titles with Nebraska football? Oh man, you know what? It, I'll tell you what. The the first one was, was unbelievable because it, it was um, you know so long since since Nebraska fans tasted a national championship. So. Uh, all of them were great, and, and the fans in Nebraska are amazing. And just getting back um, from the bowl trip, and the first one was Miami. The way they lined the, the streets of Lincoln from the airport to, to back to campus. You know, the Nebraska fans, they understand tradition. They understand the culture of Nebraska football. And so it, it was unbelievable to bring that back to, to the fans here. And, and like I said, that first one um, that you haven't gotten in a long time is is an incredible feeling. And that's what, you know, these guys on, on this team and, and the upcoming Nebraska teams are, are building for. We haven't had uh, much success around here for the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. And, and so if they can build something and be part of building back Nebraska football, I, I think they will have a special place in, in, in everybody's heart, just like the teams of the 90s. Because, again, Nebraska fans were starved for a championship, and, and just like we are today. Joel McAvick is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Joel, a, a thought with Applewhite, what you've heard, and, and your overview of the running back room. You've got a little bit of experience. You've got uh, Irvin coming off injury. It obviously all depends on the O-line, but they've gone really heavy with, with new acquisitions, probably anticipating some more attrition. But it's, it's, it's like they've gone after a different body type with their running backs. Correct. And, and who's, who's the transfer? What's his name from uh, Texas A&M? It's, it's blanking on me right now. He uh, did not so, uh, make it here. Oh, he didn't make it here. Okay. Um, well, yes. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Yet. yet. There, there's still a possibility, yeah. but, but yet. And you're you're absolutely right. The thing the thing about the running back room right now is is if you look at that roster, we're still young. Um, there's a lot of young guys in that running back room that that need experience and and a bell cow of of that uh, uh, room. Um, and, and who's going to step up? And, and spring ball will be huge for for who's going to step up and, and see how um, you know they come through it. Like I said, it, it's a young group. Um, 
and we'll see what happens. Joel McAvick is with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Joel, one of the guys I think Husker fans are pretty high on is Jacquez Yant. We got to see him in, in limited action last season. But when you look at him mm-hmm. standing at six foot two, two 240 pounds, uh, do you think back in the 90s he, he would have taken your job? He would have been a fullback? You know what? It, it just all depends. You know, that's what we did back kind of in the 90s is, is they did well in recruiting some guys that, like I did, I played running back in high school coming from eight man and they knew I would grow into the position of fullback. And, and so um, that's what they did a lot of is tried to find some athletes that could still carry the football and, and turn them into fullback. So it might've been a situation where he could have, but we had big running backs back in the nineties as well. I mean, Amon Green was 210 pounds. Lawrence Phillips was in that area. They're now, they're not 240 pounds, but yeah, that was, a, that would be a possibility. I would like to see, you know, him and keep improving his explosiveness to 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 be an elite running back, and and that's what what he's got to focus on this spring is continuing to be explosive, and and, and he is a pounder of the rock, and that's what there's things that I think these coaches want in, in running backs, and and I think he's a good changeup guy for a bigger back. Um, you know, when they came in, they were looking at smaller backs and wanted that uh, scat back a little bit. I think they're kind of trying to go with you know, smaller backs that are really quick and explosive and home run hitters and then guys that can pound the rock when, when they get their offensive line where they need to be and get some of that pipeline, which Coach Frost always wants to, to get back in the program with this offensive line, to have a, a guy back there that can get you four and five yards per pop and, and wear down the defense. A thought on, on Donovan Raiola, and I know maybe you don't know him, but you were – teammates and champions with Dominic and that uh, Raiola mystique, so to speak, the, the personality of the family. Do you think it's going to be a good fit here for, for what Donovan's charged or, or Donnie's charged to do uh, with the offensive line? Correct. I don't know Donovan, um, but do you know his, his older brother, Dominic? And, and the Raiola family is, is just a great family. And I think they're all about football. Um, you saw that with, with Dominic playing 14 years in the NFL and, and Donovan playing at Wisconsin and, and they're a football family. And I, and I think they live, breathe and, and bleed uh, football. And I think it, it's a, it's a great uh, uh, acquisition to his coaching staff. I think he's going to bring a lot of toughness um, and some little edge to him because that's what, if you know, the, the Riola family, if they have a little bit of edge to them and they're not going to back down from anyone. So I, I think that's something this offensive line needs is, is again, we got a young football team. This offensive line, you know, from from top to bottom, is is really really young. And I I, I think um, that nastiness and that edge that Viola can bring to them is is really going to help. Last thought, Joel McAvicka with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Accountability, it's it's talked about a lot, and you want that accountability from the peers. If it's not there or it's too loose then it's the coach's job to to be the warden, so to speak. So mm-hmm. was there a time you got in guys' face, or did you let more your actions speak? I mean, how did you handle it as you kind of moved your way up the the old, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, caretaker spot along with, with starting like you did? You know, I think, I think there's there's multiple ways to be a leader in, in any aspects of life, and, and on football teams, I think there's multiple ways to be a leader. And some guys some guys lead by example, and, and like you said, to let their actions take over, and they don't say a lot and speak a lot, but but once that whistle blows, they're miles per hour, and they're 
you know, at the facility before anybody else and leave the facility before, uh, uh, after everybody else. So there's a, there's a lot of guys that lead like that. And there's a lot of guys that lead both ways with action and words. And there's guys that lead with words. So I think, I think, the older guys and the, and the great players on this team need to find their way in that. And, and I was kind of a little bold to where, you know, I tried to outwork everybody and, and that was just my mentality and, and never take plays off. And, and as I got older and entrenched in starting, you, you could let your words do the talking a little bit as well with the younger guys and push those guys to them understand that, that we're about championships here and we're about winning and we're about not losing games in Memorial Stadium. And that's huge for, you know, young football teams to understand that you have to take care of, of defending your house week in and week out and, and you can't lose there. So I think that's what um, a lot of the, these kids need to do is step up and the older guys, which there's not a lot on this team, but there's a few pieces where – this team can really build around whether it's, you know, some pieces on the offensive line and now they have some transfers and some depth in the quarterback room, but then on defense, you know, they can, they can build around, you know, some of the pieces on the D line with Garrett Nelson and, and Trevor Robinson and, and the linebackers with Reimer and, and Heinrich. I think there's a lot of pieces that these guys can build around and, and it starts with that leadership of the guys I talked about that, that have played good football in the Big Ten and need to lead these young guys or these transfers that don't really understand the Big Ten Conference yet. And, and it's a physical league, and, and I think those leaders need to step up and, and, and lead by example. Last thought here, about 30 seconds. At, at what point yeah. do you need those guys to step up? Whenever you're in this team environment, well, is it winter conditioning? Is it even before the last season ends? When do the, the leaders need to step up and start holding the other guys accountable? Well, I think you have to turn the page a little bit on the three and nine season, and, and it starts with winter condition. Is is you take a look at what you can prove on, what you did well, what you did wrong, and, and take that into winter conditioning and spring ball and improve on it. And and I think it remains to be seen. Nebraska, you know, and a lot of publications were saying they had the top ten class in in the transfer portal, and so that remains to be seen how these guys can come in and gel and if some of them have leadership positions. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing for Nebraska football right now is it starts with that winter conditioning where, where you turn the page on a 3-9 and nine season. You have to get confidence that, that you can compete in the Big Ten. And, and like you said, it starts in winter, rolls through spring practice, carries over summer conditioning into, into fall camp. So these guys need to get acclimated to that, especially the transfers, and, and come in ready to go, which they'll have a spring ball under their belt. Uh, Joe McAvigo with us. Are you going to Ireland? I thought about it, but um, I don't know yet. It's it's one of those deals where it'd be fun to go, but I think there's going to be so many Nebraska people there that I'm kind of not a planner, Schmitty, so <laughs> I would probably be a last-minute guy. That's code for, I, hey, I, Schmidt, you got a plane <laughs> ticket for me. <laughs> yeah, and then I wouldn't have, I'd get down there and wouldn't have a hotel room or anything to do, and I'd be sitting there twiddling my thumb. So. But it'll be great, I think, a great experience from, from what I've heard everybody would enjoy it. And I haven't decided yet, but are you guys going? Yeah, I, am, I have my uh, passport information on my car seat nice so nice you have to you have to get it you 
I don't want you stuck there for six months, so you better renew your passport. So I, I, I've never, I've never really used a passport, so I've had. I mean, it's been twenty five years, so I've yeah. got to get it all handled. You gotta, so you get a new one. Yeah, we don't want to see. You better get that done because I heard that it's taken a while. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm working on it on it now. But yeah, the old yeah. locked up abroad, Schmidt and Makovica in uh, in, yeah. in Ireland, right on well, Discovery. There's enough, there's enough Irish beer we could be drinking, but you know what? That's a huge game for the Huskers. Oh, big. We, we, we have to start the year right, and it's, it's huge for us. Joel, appreciate you, man. We'll do this again. All right. Thanks, buddy. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Joel Nakavica for joining us. Hail Varsity Radio Road Show Friday ahead in Nebraska, Maryland. As uh, the big red tip off at eight, real red tip off going on. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. Numbers to dial us up, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Some words of wisdom shortly from Nick Saban on being ready. Major League Baseball is not ready as uh, they are postponing spring training till at least... Uh, March 5th, you know, here's my thought. Baseball has done this too many times recently, and and I really like some of the baseball players I know. They're good dudes, retired or active, right? They they deserve to, uh, to make a living, and they have a union, and... It, it makes no sense for them to, to just lay down and, and get ran over rush rough shot. The owners and the commissioner have a screw loose, and traditionally you, you have the fan that'll side with the owner in some instances, especially if you're a business owner. You'll have fans side with the players if it's not, too much of an obscene amount of money, but it, it is. <laughs> You're, you know, it, it's it's a dream job for all of us who grew up playing wiffle ball or sandlot ball. And the the long and short is, is it's delayed till March 5th. Maybe it can get figured out. Maybe it can get hammered out. I don't like the fact that, again, you have a potential work stoppage in baseball. I have incredible memories of going down to Kansas City with my folks and watching George Brett put 17 pounds of uh, beech nut in that left cheek and and rake. I I loved watching Jose Canseco strike out or home run, hit a home run. I love watching Bo Jackson. I mean, it was great as a kid. Going to Wrigley was fantastic. Uh, Seeing Mark Grace, he, he loved it. It was incredible. And the best part is as an adult, taking my kid since he 
started liking and watching sports to a Yankee game every year, uh, either in Colorado or Minnesota or Kansas City. Someday we'll get to, to New York, but I love watching his eyes light up, and, and he, he loves baseball because of, of watching the Yankees. That's partially my fault because I let him hang around his grandpa too long, being a Yankee fan. But now you have the reality of a work stoppage of fans being ticked off, taken for granted. Fans got to go take out a loan to buy a hot dog and a beer in a parking spot anyway in a lot of instances. And now there's more bickering and there's work stoppage and you have millionaires and billionaires in a whizzing contest. And that's where the fans... Baseball's teetering as it is, as it is Okay. It's still popular amongst kids. You have travel baseball. uh, You have high school ball. You have legion ball. You have all of those things that the kids love to play. But as far as watching it, um, it's it's teetering. I mean, it's it's behind the NFL and the NFL's king. College football's big time. NBA is is really popular. Baseball's fourth or fifth, depending on where you're at with soccer. I mean, globally, clearly soccer's number one. So it's it's just not good to keep having these work stoppages. I always am, I'm still ticked off about 1994, and and the strike that kept Tony Gwynn from hitting 400, or seeing Griffey, non steroid induced breaking Roger Maris's home run record. Griffey was on the way to do it. Uh, Tony Gwynn, one of my favorites, on the way to hitting 400 for the first time since Ted Williams. Uh, the Montreal Expos, God rest their soul. Had an incredible team. <laughs> they had a phenomenal baseball team with Hall of Famers everywhere. And and they didn't get to go to the playoffs. So that's where I'm at. Connor, you're a Cub kid, man. You grew up going to Wrigley. And you're also much younger than I am. So you've seen, you've been through the, the ringer already with work stoppages and steroids and, and all of that stuff. Where do you rank baseball on your hierarchy? Has the um, the bickering and the work stoppages been the reason that it's maybe dropped it in the, uh, the the Connor Clark rankings? It's a part of it for sure. I still think out of the four major sports, for me, interest-wise, it's number three. I think it's above hockey. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, hockey's always been a sport that I've like, oh, if the Blackhawks are good, I'll watch, but... You know, sure, right, but they got to be worth a damn. Right. So Baseball's the experience, so I can see you and your folks going, mm-hmm. you well, know, yeah, being yeah. a Chicago kid. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, half the, half the reason to go into a Cub game, especially if you're a tourist, is just, just to go to Wrigley. Like, that's the experience of going to an old-school ballpark, and you would call Wrigley a cathedral of the MLB. It's one of the most historic stadiums in the country. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these strikes and the owners and – Rob Manfred and the players not being able to get along is frustrating. That is for sure. Um, but I don't know if that's the reason. And for the youth today, it's just how slow the game is. And I know it's, yeah, it's I get you. three and a half hours and attention spans get shorter by the second. And the NBA is quick up and down. And um, football, mm-hmm. obviously, everybody loves football. The NFL, as you mentioned, is king when it comes to ratings and all of that. So I think the pace of play needs to be improved for baseball. I still enjoy it. I like watching baseball. I'm extremely excited to watch uh, the Huskers tonight and, and whenever the Cubs start. But 
Um, yeah, just as you said, half of it is the experience, especially going to Wrigley. Um, and this isn't the stoppage that is is not going to help the sport for a, a pretty casual fan. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Well, the good news is, is there's going to be some work done by players and owners and reps, and you're going to sit down. It's almost like having to sit at the dinner table and, and not being able to clear the plate, clear your plate until you're, everything's off your plate. You've finished your meal. That old trick mom and dad maybe pulled on you. Well, you're not going anywhere, dude, until you finish your vegetables. There's lots of vegetables to eat for uh, players, owners, and reps right now. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's spring breaks looming. And I, and I bring this up selfishly because a month from now I'm in Arizona uh, golfing and I wanted to be drinking beer and watching baseball. I'll still be drinking beer. <laughs> but I wanted to be doing it at uh, at the ballpark, and and maybe I will be, maybe I won't be. You've just had the heels of a pandemic that's been a nightmare. That was uh, a problem anyway, and and then you had the the vaccination side of arm wrestling that went on as well. Uh, we're down here at the Single Barrel, uh, incredible steakhouse whiskey. Uh, beer for you ahead of Nebraska and Maryland. We'll wind down a show next on Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here from the single barrel Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday ahead of Nebraska and Maryland tip-off PBA, 8 o'clock. Uh, we've covered it all, man. We've hit, hit Husker baseball today. Uh, Kirk uh, Cousins wants uh, no pay cut. Shocking. Uh, Patrick Mahomes apparently told his fiance and brother to get lost. We'll see if that happens. Uh, Nebraska basketball, do you still care? And uh, we hit in some Husker uh, spring football with Joel Makovic, Bill Dolman on media rights numbers for the Big Ten. And uh, Billy D also weighed in on the college football uh, committee, uh, dropping the ball, saying, well, we're just not going to work together. We're not going to expand the playoff. That was sad. Good stuff from Jacob Padilla as well. Will Wilson is here telling me to hurry the hell up so he can take equipment over to Lincoln East. He has Papio and Lincoln East for high school basketball tonight locally here on ESPN. Lincoln Motsi over on KFOR has the uh, Rockets of Northeast. So be sure to check. Will Wilson out tonight, and uh, Motsi as well. And I know Connor Clark has basketball brewing as well. So this is the the ultimate lesson, isn't it? Uh, be working. 
when you're not playing, take it away, Nick Saban. This was a lesson for everybody on our team. All right, we lost the national championship game all right, because basically, you know, we had three corners out, both starters and the best backup. All right, so we're playing with some guys that didn't have a lot of experience, and it eventually got us in the fourth quarter. All right, and we had the kind of team where we had a really good quarterback, and we wanted to have skilled guys that they couldn't guard. So we had two that were really, really good, Mechie and JMO, and they both got hurt. So now we were playing with guys that typically didn't have to play at those positions. So the lesson to be learned was there were three guys, and I'm not calling out any names, I, that basically didn't do the things they needed to do throughout the season I, because they were frustrated with their circumstance. And this is a story that you should take back to your team so players understand this. So they're frustrated with their circumstance because they're not playing as much as they want to. They're outcome-oriented. They want to worry about how many balls they catch or how much playing time they get or whatever it is. So they don't focus every day on being a complete player at their position, and they don't work and practice and prepare for the games because they say to themselves, why should I do this? I'm not going to play anyway. So we had three guys. They all had a significant role in the national championship game. And not one of them, not one, could take advantage of the opportunity that they had. Because they never ground through it. They never made themselves the best player they can be. And when they got the opportunity, they couldn't do it. It's a lesson for everybody. What comes first? Playing time? Or making sure that you're ready to play and create value for yourself when you get the opportunity? Nick Saban. <laughs> There's a pecking order and always be ready. Use the time when you're not starring. And you saw the drop-off. Great players for Bama that will someday be great versus guys that got called upon like the Devontae Smith as a true freshman that came in when called upon and made the play to win a title. Ohio State freshman stepping up in that Rose Bowl as well. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m. with Hale Varsity. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. A Huda Media Production.